0: You're listening to Mental Work. I'm your host, Bronwyn, an early career psychologist based in Australia. And this is the podcast taking a closer look at the challenges faced by early career mental health professionals so they don't have to go it alone. Welcome back, mental workers. Today, I have a question for you. Have you ever wanted to be friends with a client? have you ever had a client want to be friends with you? If he answered yes to either of these questions, then this is the episode for you. We're going to unpack and normalize these two questions and talk about what to do. First things first, I just want to say how I came to this. This is a topic I think about a lot, not the friendship thing specifically, that'd be a little weird but more broadly, just boundaries. What is therapy? What is the therapeutic relationship? What kind of relationship do I want to have with my clients? How do I want them to see me? I've got heaps of word docs, just me trying to work out what are boundaries? What are things that I do? What are things that I won't do? What are client preferences and how do they all mesh together? I think it's pretty complicated. I don't think I'm making it overcomplicated. I actually think it's a pretty complicated topic and something that we all need to work out in our own professional journeys. So this friendship question is really one small aspect of it. The first thing I want to talk about is actually what kind of relationship do we want to have with people who walk through our door? And then we'll go on to, well, what's the difference between that and a friend? And then what do you do when a client wants to be a friend and vice versa? Back to the first question then. We actually want to have a professional relationship with our clients. And a professional relationship is a working relationship. This is a relationship that is reasonably neutral. It's a safe space that maximizes the client's opportunity to achieve their therapy goals. And we're always going between two ends of a scale in therapy. At one end of the scale, we've got connection and care. And then the other end of the scale, we've got limits and confrontation. So this is when the client is doing something that's getting in their own way and we need to empathically bring it up with them so we can help them understand their patterns and offer them an opportunity to do something different. It's when we go too far down the connection and care end of the scale and we're asking the client to meet our own needs that it could resemble something like a friendship. And let's just talk about what a friendship is. The fundamental difference between a friendship and a professional relationship in therapy I mean, there's a few things, but a big thing is that a friendship is two-sided. Two people meet, they gradually open up, they become more trustworthy of each other, they become more involved in their lives, they figure out do they want to be kind of acquaintances or close friends, and a friendship flourishes. Friends, when you talk to them about stuff, they provide a perspective that is biased because they're involved in your personal junk and they have a vested interest in the outcome. With a friend, it's healthy to respond to each other's needs. And sometimes one friend needs more time and attention because they've got stuff going on. And sometimes the other friend needs more time and attention. So sometimes it's equal, sometimes it's a bit more one-sided, but the point is, is that it goes between those two ends. Now, you can see how this is different to a professional relationship. In therapy, We want to maximize the client's opportunity to change and get what they want to be. We want to provide a safe space where they don't have to worry about being judged and they can actually try out different ways of relating to people that out in the real world, people actually maybe wouldn't cater and be so, I guess, accommodating about. So for example, if a client comes in late to a session, we would actually be like, but we could, we could just ignore it. If a client comes in late to a session, we might say, I wonder if this is a pattern that happens outside of therapy. And then we could talk about that in therapy. I'm not gonna walk out of the session from the client just because they come late. But in the outside world, if a, if a friend comes 30 minutes late to a meetup, the other friend might be super annoyed, understandably. And they might actually be like, okay, you need to do different. I'm just going to leave. This sucks. They wouldn't actually sit there and attentively try and understand the patient's way of understanding the world and what they want to do differently. So you can see how a professional relationship versus a friendship can actually do what we want to achieve in therapy. As well, with psychologists, we are trained to listen in an active, empathic, non-judgmental and objective way. And it's this kind of listening that often allows people to open up and explore beliefs, memories, experiences, ideas, fears, and feelings that they might be reluctant to speak about with friends and family. Therapy is a space just for the client. So when a client wants to be your friend, this might be a misunderstanding of this weird thing that we've got going on with the therapy relationship. We can look for the signs that they want to be our friend, They might ask you lots of things about yourself, offer to buy you coffee, invite you places, might explicitly say, I wish we were friends. And sometimes as therapists, I guess technique number one is that you can redirect them back to the work. So it might be that you're going off topic or you're kind of going into chit chat and you can actually be like, well, hey, how did we end up here? We've been talking about married at first sight for 10 minutes now what are we talking about today? Let's get back to that. So you can actually just redirect the focus back onto them and the work that you're doing. That's a non-explicit way of actually addressing if a client wants to be your friend or is just taking it out of the therapeutic kind of space. More explicit things you can do is actually just remind them. So if you treat it as a lack of understanding, then it's much easier just to be like, oh, hey, like you might not realize it, but this is a space just for you. It's a really important space where we can actually just cater to your needs. I know it might feel a bit awkward, but the more we do it, actually, you can see how it can benefit you. So we can explicitly bring it up. You might find different ways of doing that. That's just something I came up with off the top of my head, but we can more explicitly say it. And usually, when we help clients understand the importance of maintaining that therapeutic space, then they're more able to be like, oh, yeah, it is actually for me. There actually are dangers in trying to be a client's friend. The first thing is that it creates a dual relationship. So, what is that? That is when we are both a therapist to the client and a friend. So, if we actually blur those boundaries, the danger is that the client never knows who they're actually talking to. Are they talking to a friend who is potentially biased and actually wants me to meet their needs or are they talking to the psychologist who is going to be an impartial objective person? This could lower trust in the therapeutic relationship and lead to unnecessary discussions with the client that take us away from the therapeutic work at hand. It's just also not what clients came to therapy for. So even if clients came to therapy wanting more friends, we want to encourage them to get those friends outside of therapy. Therapy is a place to develop your skills and insight to allow you to have more fulfilling rich lives out there, not in here. So we don't actually want to be there for the client as a friend. What clients want is a mentor, a person who guides them, a person who can provide interventions that allow them to achieve their therapy goals. That's what they're paying us for. And the onus is on us to be able to deliver those outcomes. You might be thinking to yourself, the way you've described the therapeutic relationship, Bronwyn, it really does sound kind of similar to a friendship. And the answer is yes, there is a lot of overlap. You should be able to trust and feel comfortable with your therapist, but that doesn't mean that these feelings are the same thing you would experience in a friendship. Ultimately, while therapists can be friendly, we should not be friends for the aforementioned reasons. Now with my personal experiences with this, with clients who want to be your friend, I'll just go back to my earlier clients because I don't want to talk about anything recent. But I actually haven't had too many clients explicitly want to be my friends. But then again, in my early times as a psychologist, maybe I wasn't looking out for as much. All I know is that with my personal style, I am very goal focused. So I do continually redirect clients back to what's the purpose of what we're doing? What are we doing here? That doesn't mean that I'm not friendly. In fact, I would say I'm a very friendly psychologist. I'm pretty warm, I'm very friendly. It's the same for everyone, but I'm also very focused. And so I kind of hope that that balance helps with the therapeutic alliance and also helps us get work done. And my personal experiences lead us to the other end of this equation, which is what happens if you want to be friends with your clients? In terms of personal experiences, the most that this happened to me was with my first round of clients. So about the first maybe 10 clients that I had on my caseload were the ones that I had the most, I guess, emotional transference for. So transference Usually, it's used in the context of when clients transfer their conflicts onto us. So, if we remind them of a parent who is very criticizing, they might actually bring those feelings and expectations onto us, the therapist. And then, counter transference is when we have our own conflicts that we project onto the clients, or as a result of the client's transference, we then project those feelings back. It's a bit confusing, isn't it? The point is. In my early clients, that's when I think I had the most transference and counter So I remember having my early clients and I was just like, wow, I'm so excited to see them. Like, I'm really glad I have such nice clients. I really like these clients. They're so good. And I really enjoyed my sessions. There was a lot of shared interests that I had with my early clients. And maybe it was because I was just starting out that I noticed that more. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. We have such good shared interests. And so I noticed perhaps that actually when I think of it now, it's like I still miss those clients. It's not as strong as it used to, but I'm like, oh, it's so nice to have that client. I worked in a short-term service, so a max of six sessions. And so at the end of six sessions, I'd always have to say goodbye. I think that was good actually as an early psychologist to have that limit because then I was able to practice saying goodbye and having very focused work for those six sessions because I knew that we didn't have much time to get things done. Nowadays, I don't really have the urge to be friends with my clients, mainly because as my thinking has evolved, I've come to see my role as really protecting this therapeutic space. I see the therapeutic space as something really special where work and change can happen. And I really want to make sure that that is protected and that a friendship coming into that, that's not protecting that space. For me then, I don't have many urges to be friends with clients. I certainly notice that we have shared interests or that we're similar people, but it's just not something that I I often think about. If you do notice that you want to be friends with a client, first of all, don't be hard on yourself. It's okay. It's not that I'm morally superior because I don't have the urges. And it's not that you're bad because you do have those wants and desires. It's all really normal because we are human and connection is a very normal human universal need. So, if you want to be friends with your client, the first really important thing you can do is actually make that conscious. And you're like, okay, I actually really enjoy spending time with this client. Like, I could see us getting a coffee and meeting up, and that would be really nice. And then what you want to do is, Perhaps speak about it to somebody else. That'd probably be my second recommended step. It's really finding somebody you trust, perhaps a supervisor, mentor, colleague, to be able to say like, I'm just noticing these feelings that, you know, I really like this line. I really want to be friends with them. And sometimes they can ground you and be like, no, 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 we don't do that because of the reasons that would have a dual relationship as well you know having a foundation of friendship based of of one person exclusively meeting the needs of another person it's like you may think the client knows you as a person but they actually only know their professional you and the personal you is might be similar and overlapping but it's actually not there 100% so there are consequences in terms of actually developing a friendship, but it also opens up the client to exploitation down the line. We know so much more about them than they know about us. So really, actually, it's so normal to want to have that urge to want to be a friend. But then when we actually engage, I guess, our rational mind, we can see that it's probably not the best move. In fact, it's almost certainly not the best move. When I've talked about this in supervision before, they usually approach it around the what is this bringing up in you kind of pathway and what needs is your want to be friends with your client bringing up, perhaps you see in the client somebody who is fun or who you could be connected to and perhaps those things are missing in your life or perhaps in your existing friendships, you actually want to have more deeper connections. In that case, it could be really good to actually take the steps to increase your amount of connection with the people around you and meet those needs. This way, we do not harm the client and we're taking care of ourselves. It's a win-win situation. I started off with the question of, have you ever wanted to be friends with your client? And has a client ever wanted to be friends with you? This is a really complex issue and it touches on lots of things, including therapy boundaries, ethical obligations that we have to clients, you as a professional, so your professional identity, and how you approach transference and counter-transference. There are so many approaches to this. And this is just a primer of where I am and it's still evolving. If you asked me this same question a few years ago, I would have given you a completely different answer and maybe not actually had anything to say about it. In a few years time, I hope that I can be more adept at dealing with this and making sure that clients understand the therapeutic relationship from the get-go and actually creating that space, which is that a shared understanding that this is meeting their needs. If you're interested in learning more about this space, I would totally recommend that you just have a quick Google of therapy boundaries, transference and counter-transference. What happens when a client wants to be your friends? You can Google that. Have a quick read around, talk with your colleagues, talk with your supervisor and see how you go. Now to wrap up this episode, I have something exciting. I want to give a shout out to Melissa who actually just became my second Patreon. If you're not sure what Patreon is, it's a website that allows fans to connect with creative creators. There's a bunch of podcast hosts, comic creators, musicians, any creative person you can think of, and they're on there. And you can actually subscribe to help them keep on producing content. With this podcast, I do pay a host to upload my audio files, and that costs me 30 bucks a month. And on Patreon, I'm asking people to subscribe $2 a month. You can stop your subscription anytime. It's hugely helpful. And it just makes sure that I can keep on producing episodes. The good thing about being a Patreon subscriber is that I will give a shout out to you on the podcast like I did just then with Melissa. And you'll be able to message me on Patreon. And you'll also get top place for suggestions for episodes. The link to the Patreon is patreon.com slash mentalwork. I'd love to see you there. If you have anything else, you can also email me at mentalworkpodcast at com. But that's it for now. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to Mental Work, the podcast for early career mental health professionals. If you're loving the show and don't want to miss an episode, press subscribe on your podcast listening app. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous ones, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. What topics would you enjoy hearing us talk about on the show? We'd love to hear from you. Email us your suggestions at mentalworkpodcast at gmail.com. Have a good one and see you next time.